was the night before Christmas, and on every screen, the only films showing we'd already seen. A pandemic called COVID had severely delayed the production of movies and release of those made. For one podcast host, as the year drew to a close, this had hardened his heart, and like ice it had froze. No reboots, no remakes, no busters of Ghost, no spies called James Bond, but what hurt him the most was no movies from Marvel, for he was a big fan of Thor, the Avengers, Hulk and Iron Man. Niall had once loved the season, his Christmas cheer huge, but without seeing new movies, he turned into a Grinch. It was bitterly cold and the fog was thick as pea soup on that Christmas Eve as Niall sat glumly at his microphone preparing to discuss recording another episode of the podcast for film fans by film fans. The Real Take. Where are those two buffoons, Ross and Sinead? We must discuss plans for tomorrow's scheduled podcast recording or it'll be another fiasco like last week. A Merry Christmas, Niall. What? I said a Merry Christmas, Niall. God save you. Oh, bah! Humbug! Christmas humbug, Niall. Surely you don't mean that. Of course I mean it. Merry Christmas indeed. What reason have I to be merry this year with no new releases in the cinema? Why, by now I should have seen not one, but two new Marvel movies. Daniel Craig in his final outing as James Bond. The soft... Reboot sequel to the Ghostbusters franchise and the high-octane thrills of Vin Diesel as Dominic Toretto in The Fast and the Furious 9. How can I be merry when I haven't seen the return of La Familia and seen Justice for Han? All I've had to watch at the cinema this year was an unhinged Russell Crowe and Rapotsrich Nalan's Tenet. Come, Niall, what reason have you to be dismal? It's true that many major releases have been delayed until 2021, but this year the studios released many fine films straight to streaming. Mulan, Bill and Ted Face the Music, Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl! I'll see myself in hell first. Ah, my fellow co-hosts, warmest of greetings at this most special time of year. My heart is full to bursting with Christmas spirit. I can't wait to gather with the family around the Yule log and introduce my offspring to all my favourite festum films that I hold so dear. Peter, Martha, Belinda and little tiny Tim. I thought that your children were called Dirin and Killian. Oh yeah, they're my special Christmas family. Christmas puddings from Marks and Spencers that I've dressed up in Santa hats basically it does my heart good though to see them huddled in front of the television enthralled by tim allen and the santa claus three or christmas with the cranks and how is tiny tim is he filled with christmas joy oh he's filled with christmas joy and covered in brandy butter he's as good as gold and better somehow he gets thoughtful though sitting by himself watching home alone too and thinks the strangest things you ever heard. Do you know, he told me this evening that he hoped that he could borrow my credit card, run up a huge hotel bill, and it might be pleasant for him to meet Brenda Fricker and, for some reason, Donald Trump. Bah! 
All this talk of Christmas movies and talking puddings. Humbug! I suppose you'll both want to cancel the recording of our podcast tomorrow as it's Christmas Day. If it's quite convenient, sir. It's only once a year, sir. A poor excuse for upsetting my carefully designed podcast schedule. I had planned that we would discuss the films of the French New Wave and Francois Truffaut. But I suppose you'll both have the day off to make merry and watch your festive favourite films. Well, be certain to log on to our Zoom meeting all the earlier next week. Oh yes, sir, we shall. We certainly shall. It is the real take, a Christmas special. Come on, let's roll titles. Sit down and grab a glass. Sinead Ross and I'll have made a podcast. It's the real take, breaking it down. Having fun and talking movies. Talking movies. Okay, that was a good start. A couple of notes. A lot of uh, Im- a lot of ad libs there, Sinead. A lot of words that aren't in the Listen, script. Listen, I, I was feeling it there. You know what I mean? I was getting into the I was getting into the the spirit of the whole uh, pantomime. That no, no, no. If it, if it's not on the page, it's not on the stage. I don't want a lot of you knows and all that in there. Okay, Ross, I thought you did excellently. Well, thank done. you very much. Oh. Thank you. Now, if, only for that the fact that we're recording, we're recording late. <laughs> I'd have you do it again, Sinead. <laughs> okay, 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 Scrooge, calm down, calm down. <laughs> no, it well is... done, both of you. That was really good. Well done. Well, well done to you because you have, you know, conjured up this episode for us this week, and I think people will have copped on by now that it's taking a very familiar feel as it is the the festive season and uh, i'm really excited about this because we are going to be dipping in to an awful lot of different types of christmas movies um from christmas past christmas present and of course christmas future yes that's right and of course that gives people a bit of a clue that we are presenting our very own take on the charles dickens classic a christmas carol um, for you interspersed throughout our usual film chat this evening. Okay, we'll get straight into it. And I think we're going back in time, aren't we? We are, yes. The first uh, set of films that we're going to be talking about this evening are, of course, the films of Christmas past. Oh, he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone Nile, he was. A squeezing, retching, grasping, scraping, clutching old sinner, to be sure. He was mean to puppies and he didn't recycle. And as he sat alone in his Zoom room, he contemplated a miserable holiday season and why he hated Christmas so. Someone wants to join the Zoom meeting. It's probably one of those Christmas cretins, Sinead and Ross. They must have forgotten something. Nile. Oh, how, how is this? What? Well, it's Shane Black, screenwriter of Lethal Weapon and The Last Boy Scout, director of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Nice Guys. What do you want with me? Much. In life, I was a successful Hollywood filmmaker. But uh, you're not dead, Shane Black. No, but after I wrote and directed 2018's To Predator, my career is. Am I right? <laughs> that's very, yeah, very good I kind of enjoyed it Well that's why I'm here Niall I, I've come to warn you As you may know I've set many of my movies at Christmas time Because it is my favourite time of year But in my last film The Predator I, I made the mistake of setting it at Halloween And now I'm damned for all eternity And if you close your heart to the wonder of Christmas movies The same will happen to you 
but I'm here to tell you, you have the chance of escaping my fate. Oh, I always liked you, Shane Black. I stood up for the last Boy Scout when Ross said it was crap. You will be visited by three spirits. I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first when the bell tolls one. Oh, can't they all come at once and we get it over with? Expect the second when the bell tolls twice. The third when the last stroke of three has ceased to vibrate. Looking to see me no more. And watch out for my new movie, Doc Savage, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, coming to cinemas in 2023. And so, Niall sat by his microphone and thought, and thought, and thought it over, and could make nothing of it. And the more that he thought, the more perplexed he was, and the more he endeavoured not to think, the more he thought. Oh, Niall! Ah! Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold by Shane Black? Ah, I am. I'm James Stewart, the star of the beloved Christmas favorite. Ah, it's a wonderful life. Why are you here, spirit? To prove to you ah, the meaning of Christmas by reminding you of my ah, heartwarming classic. Isn't that film about a man who resents his wife and family for not allowing him to pursue his dream of travelling the world, operates a badly run financial institution with his alcoholic uncle and loses all of his friend's money before attempting suicide? Oh. Uh, See, Jimmy, can I call you Jimmy? Don't get me wrong. It's a Wonderful Life is a fine film as long as you view its title ironically. Wake up, Jimmy boy. Mr Potter won and we're all living in the darkest timeline. Oh. Yes, we have made a trip into the past and I love this because there's nothing I love more than talking about films from the past, specifically my past and my childhood, okay? And you also, if I'm not wrong, love inflicting them on your children. I do, Both, yes. both real and Christmas pudding. Christmas pudding-like or, or real children, they're going to be watching this. And the absolute classic. Now, this was quite hard because there are so, so many that I absolutely love from my childhood. But this one um, has to top it for me, okay? This, by the way, you can watch any time of year, right? Okay, If this film is on in July, I am definitely watching it. I've watched it so many times, but I love it absolutely every single time. And nothing you can say, Niall O'Brien, right? <laughs> in your grinchy ways is going to spoil it for me okay uh, now for those of you living on another planet who haven't seen this basically it's home alone it centers on eight-year-old kevin McAllister, whose parents are clearly loaded because they live in a fine ass mansion mm. they are heading to paris for christmas and young kevin is left home alone as the family left in a massive rush because they were late to the airport and they realize mid-flight that they have forgotten him uh, some robbers, the wet bandits, have been scoping the area out and they know that the uh, McAllisters are in France so they attempt to break in and he is to use all manner of kid smarts to outwit them and protect his house. So that's the summary of it in a, in a nutshell. Um, for me, what's great about this is, uh, first of all, it's like pretty much <laughs> living out your secret fantasy as a child. Total freedom. Oh, yeah, I think I meant the... tor- torturing adults. And torturing adults. <laughs> Kicking some serious ass was my next bit, yeah. I mean, 
how awesome would it be to have the house all to yourself as an eight-year-old child and that house as well right and literally use your dinkies and paint cans and pillow fluff to out with bad guys who are breaking in <laughs> i mean it's so much fun it really is so much fun um why the movie works um is without a doubt kevin okay they found the right kevin obviously in macaulay culkin he's just so charismatic he's so adorable you want him to succeed in in all in every single scene with, with the with the bandits and all the rest of it um this it looks festive as well you've got the snow you've got the house all decked up you've got the lights pretty much every single scene has some sort of red green <laughs> gold uh going on in it as well um and you know it's it's festive feels everywhere you look um and again, it, you've, you've got a lot of humor in there. You've got, uh, you know, uh, great. Oh, what about the scene as well? You know, there's so many iconic quotable scenes where uh, they play. He plays the fictional, um, the made up film Angels with Dirty, uh, dirty Angels faces, with Filthy yeah. Souls. That's it. Filthy oh, yeah. Souls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Angels uh, with Dirty Faces is a real, is a actually, real movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's, that's yeah. it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, he, he plays it for the pizza guy and then he plays it for the, 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 the bandits uh, attempting to break in i mean joe pesci as well and um oh what's the guy's daniel name? stern that's it yes the two of them just the chemistry between them is absolutely just magic as well it is for me 10 out of 10 i absolutely adore it 100 percent. it's on in the run-up to christmas to get you in the festive moods so home alone has to be home alone to top for me go on i'll try and ruin it now for me <laughs> So your top Christmas pick is a film about neglectful parents and, let's face it, a future serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Kevin McAllister has serious psychological issues. He needs to see... First of all, he needs to be put in care straight away. If well, hang he's on a left. minute. Hang on, right? He has issues because, they A, they left him, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But also, that's but why also, he should be in, Claire, in care. But, but in his defense, right, his... Ha- ha- his his family are absolutely horrible. Like one of his his uncle calls. You're, you're him only jerk. making you're you know making I mean? my point for me. No, no, <laughs> I think I think considering Kevin is a well-rounded individual. <laughs> <laughs> so look, it's one or the other. He's either a well-rounded individual who who needs to get away from that family and be, yes. put, be put in care, yeah. or he's a future. There, there's a there's a whole load of dead animals in the McAllister shed that mm. people are going to discover because he's 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 basically. A young Jeffrey Dahmer waiting to happen. Well, why do you think that now? Because he's outwitted the bad guys, or what? Well, look, it's it's, it's just as well they didn't do it realistically because it would have been one dead Macaulay Culkin and two. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern just killing a child. So. Listen, you ha- I should have prefaced this by suspend your disbelief, morons. <laughs> yes, very much. <laughs> um, I, I think, I mean, you'd have a dead... Um, who gets hit in the hand, head oh, with well, the paint Everywhere, like, everyone, that, in that, that everyone would be dead in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, I Don't even the go pil- there with the second one. There's all some manner of flames yeah. and all sorts of things <laughs> falling through roofs and all sorts, or falling nice, through ceilings. Nice. You know, there's many classic scenes that I could pick from Home Alone, but I think just for you Niall right because this will kind of maybe back up your argument (laughs) as to why we should all be quite concerned about Kevin this is the scene where Kevin's mother is frantically ringing uh, the police in America from the Paris airport and pleading with them to check in on her son and this is what happens family crisis intervention Sergeant Balzac 
I'm calling from Paris. I have a son who's home alone. Has a child been involved in a violent altercation with a drunken and or mentally ill member of his immediate family? No. Has he been involved in a household accident? I don't know. I don't... I, I, I hope not. Has the child ingested any poison and or any other object that has become lodged in his throat? No, he's just home alone. And I'd like somebody to go over to the house and see that he's all right, just to check on him. You want us to go to your house just to check on him? Yes. Let me connect you with the police department. No, they just transferred me to you. Rose. Yeah. Hyper on two. Hang on. Hold on, please. No, please don't hang up. Please don't. <laughs> so Christmas Peril is your pick. Christmas what, what was yeah. what was your choice, Ross? Well, it's simple, really, and it's four words that should be in everyone's Christmas vocabulary. That's jingle all the way. So, how many times have I said it? You know, I'm I'm constantly telling you. I'm blue in the face from saying jingle all the way every year. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. But every year, people just forget it. It never makes it onto people's favorite Christmas list. Every year it's like, oh yeah, Home Alone, oh, Elf, oh, it's a wonderful life, blah, 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 blah. No offense, Sinead. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Jingle All The Way doesn't even end up on the TV listings. Uh, they that, forget it there as well. So are you tell serious? You that's, that's a crime against Christmas. <laughs> it, it's time that we started giving 1996's Jingle All The Way its due credit. Because, look, to keep it simple, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's an overworked parent. Uh, he's not paying enough attention to his kid who ends up being the future Darth Vader, Jake Lloyd. Um, <laughs> you, told you told Macaulay was bad. Come on now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> these, these, kids, these Christmas movies are full of child sociopaths. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, he's trying to buy, he's trying to buy Jake Lloyd the, the, the year's hottest tie. It's a Turbo Man action figure. Um, and, you know, it's so close to Christmas. It's nowhere to be found. Uh, he goes looking for one. It finds him butting heads with another dad who's trying to buy his child's love. And that's played by, by Sinbad. But you look, this, there's everything you want in a Christmas movie. There, There's laughs. I think parents will be able to associate with the frustrations of trying to get the hot toy uh, at Christmas. You have Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 90s, which is probably the best Arnold Schwarzenegger after Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s. Phil Hartman, <laughs> who was uh, Lionel Hutz in The Simpsons, he he's in there. He's playing a hilarious neighbour. Uh, moving in on his wife it's 15% on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> which <laughs> case which, closed let's move on <laughs> which is a crime but all I'd say to that is watch it watch it watch it watch it it's an amazing movie here's a clip no wait I'm sorry no I don't know what clip it is you plan on playing Ross right but as far as I'm concerned there is only one clip right and it shows how obnoxious this film is it's the clip where now Whatever we might say about Arnold Schwarzenegger, as I think he plays Howard, is that his character's name? Um, I have no he, idea, wasn't it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we might say, and this is another case, I think, of a neglectful parent at Christmas, okay? He neglects his child, he neglects his wife. He only starts worrying about her when Phil Hartman starts to kind of make the moves and eat her cookies, I think. And he goes, put that cookie down. <laughs> yeah. um, he's, not, he's not a good father. Um, but one thing I will say, I do kind of sympathise with him when he just innocently asks a couple of toy store clerks if they have a Turbo Man and they just derisively laugh in his face. Oh, excuse me. Yes? I'm trying to find a Turbo Man doll. Me too, me too. Do you have any more in a bag? <laughs> what? Is she laughing? <laughs> <laughs> these, these guys are looking for a turbo man? A gentleman <laughs> dog, yes. 
Look at the turbo man. Hey, everybody, these two are looking for a turbo man. Shut up, man. Now, what's so funny? Where have you guys been? Turbo Man's only the hottest selling Christmas toy ever. <laughs> one of the one of the lads in that is Chris um, Parnell from Chris Parnell, uh, yes, yeah, from uh, people that know him from Thirty Rock, and he does the voice in, in Rick and Morty. Now, I have worked in retail at the at Christmas time, yeah. and as much as I love, would have loved to have l- laughed in people's faces when they ask for whatever the <laughs> hell it was they saw. <laughs> On the to- on the late late show the night before as a last minute present, as much as I would have loved to have done that, I didn't because I I probably would have gotten sacked, but I certainly wouldn't have done it to a seven foot tall Austrian bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil, I, I'm glad they do address it because it makes no sense that a suburban dad, a workaholic dad, would be built like a brick shit house. But there is a great line that Phil Hartman says when Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of comes back and kind of ruins stuff. Phil Hartman turns to him and goes, you can't bench press your way out of this one. I <laughs> 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 love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, it's one of those weird Arnie movies, and he made quite a few of them where it's just, I'm just a regular family man. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing, like, nothing regular yeah, about Yeah, you all. are, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what, what did you pick for yours, Niall? Okay, well, my pick is a fantastic classic movie, and it's one, a beloved film from my childhood. Um, And it is about, basically, it's about a super character, a magical character in a a brightly coloured suit with superpowers who flies through the air. I am, of course, talking about Superman the movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's not Christmas. Yeah, and I also thought you were leading us in the wrong direction there. Yeah, come on, (laughs) No, I'm not talking about Superman the movie. But I am talking about a film that was uh, produced by the same producers and written by the same writers as Superman the movie. And that is 1985's Santa Claus the movie, which stars Dudley Moore, John Lithgow and David Huddleston as the man himself, who people would know better as The Big Lebowski from the movie The Big Lebowski. Yeah. So it basically has a lot in common with Superman the movie and maybe that's why I like it so much because it is kind of a a Santa Claus origin story. So much in the same way we see Superman grow up in humble beginnings in in Smallville, we see Santa Claus as a a regular, normal woodcutter who every every year he goes out into into the storm and delivers beautifully crafted wooden toys to the children in his area. But one year... He basically makes one trip into the icy storm too many and freezes, we assume, possibly to death. Maybe, I don't know. But he is discovered by a group of magical creatures called, in this film, the Vendicum, who are actually what we would know as Santa's elves. And they impart him with magical powers and he becomes Santa Claus. So Santa Claus the movie, and I'm fairly sure I saw it. I I mean, I definitely saw it in the cinema. I don't know if I saw it the year it came out, 1985. I would have been about 10. Or if I saw it, if it was re-released kind of in the cinemas, uh, previ- uh, um, subsequent Christmases after that, you know. But I have seen it quite a few times. And um, this, the storyline, not only about our, um, Santa's origins, if you like, but uh, Dudley Moore plays Patch, who's a, an elf in the North Pole who wants to basically um, update 
the means of production in there. He wants to uh, um, wants to make it more uh, efficient so that they can produce more toys and things go basically disastrously wrong. So he gets banished or he well, he doesn't get banished, but he leaves in shame, leaves the North Pole and is um, taken under the wing of a very unscrupulous toy maker played by John Lithgow, who is very, very good in this film as the bad guy. Um yeah, it is one of those guilty Christmas pleasures now. Unlike <laughs> yeah. I think the both of you who think you've picked absolute classics, I do I am aware of the fact that this movie is not fantastic. But if, when it comes on at Christmas, I do sit down and I do end up watching it and it takes me back maybe to my my childhood as a young child when I wanted to kind of you know, believe in the magic of the season. Whereas now I'm a cynical, hard-bitten adult, <laughs> and I know that. I'm glad you that, said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know no, that I, life is pain. I've only seen it again a handful of times, and like that kind of, I've come in on it. Uh, I haven't. I think I might have seen it once all the way through, but I've come in on it. But I, like you, Niall, I kind of get swept up in it, like you know, and yeah. the whole kind of. It looks great, you know. It's uh, it's got that whole nostalgia feel as well. And as you say, yeah, John Lithgow is absolutely brilliant as as the bad guy in this as well. But I, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a good one. I think it's a good pick. Yeah, the scenes in the North Pole and the, the toy shop or the the toy workshop, whatever you'd want to call it, particularly are really like they're they're pr- the practical scenes. They're really well made they're filmed they are quite magical you know what i mean and um yeah it's i think uh, even cynical modern kids would get something out of it do you want to play a particular scene or anything um i'd like to play actually well it's an audio clip um because like a lot of movies at the time it's got a rocking pop song at the end of it <laughs> yes it's sung does. by <laughs> sung by sheena easton of all people <laughs> called it's christmas all over the world. the world so maybe we'll hear a little bit of that Unswayed by Hollywood icon James Stewart and the beloved Christmas movies of the past, Niall awaited the visit of the second spirit, as had been foretold. Who's this I see before me on my Zoom call? It is I, the spirit of Christmas films present, I'm like Vanessa Hudgens, the star of Netflix's original Christmas movies, The Princess Switch, The Night Before Christmas, That's Night, as in K-N-I, as in Night in Armour, and The Princess Switch 2, switched again. But why are you here, Vanessa Hudgens? To, like, teach you the true meaning of Christmas movies by telling you about all the many, many, many festive Christmas films streaming right now on Netflix. Because what could be more Christmassy than logging into the world's favourite streaming platform with over 165 million subscribers to watch an original Netflix holiday movie? There are so many of them to choose from. So many, in fact, that some of them don't even star me. 
there's a Christmas with a view, Christmas Wonderland, Christmas Inheritance, a Christmas Prince, a Christmas Prince 2, the Royal Wedding, a Christmas Prince 3, the Royal Baby, Christmas in the Square, a Christmas Wedding Planner, Christmas Land, a Perfect Christmas List, Christmas Made to Order, Christmas Rate Operation, Christmas Drop, uh, Vanessa Christmas Hutchins. Break uh, Christmas Vanessa Hutchins, I'm going through a tunnel, you're breaking up, you're buffering, you're buffering on me, sorry Vanessa, I gotta go, I'm gonna turn my modem off and on again, okay, goodbye, I loved you in high school musical. She was very excited, yeah. Well done, that, that was good, yeah, you just need to warm up, you need to warm up. You need to warm up there, I did, I did. Okay, so... This I, was like the least part of this uh, uh, homework that I, <laughs> that I w- wanted to do. So, yeah, I roped Derek into this exercise and it, there was some that he wanted to pick. Uh, I think there was one, was it called Let It Snow or something with snow in the title, but it was like based on a best-selling novel. So I was like, no, you can't pick that. It has That's not rubbish. the level of quality that we're looking for. Absolutely. Because not. we are talking about... We are, we, I don't think, have we introduced it? We are no. talking about Christmas present, yes. aren't we? Mm. And um, we are talking about what is presently, the Christmas movies that are presently streaming mm-hmm. on Netflix. Absolutely. Uh, and and in their no, they are in no way a Christmas present. No, they aren't. <laughs> they are, hey. just, I'm going to preface this by saying there's not a snowball's chance that either of you two are going to like what I have to say about Holiday Rush. And there's also, there's one other line that they say, this is going to be painful. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> yes it is. Oh. So uh, what, what made you pick? I mean, first of all, tell us what did you pick and what made okay, you pick it? We picked Holiday Rush and I know what you're going to say, right? <laughs> the description of this, right? Basically, it centers on a popular New York radio DJ. <laughs> who has the rug pulled out from under him because he gets fired as the station is going in another direction the direction by the way is that they're putting a pretty blonde woman who you don't actually see or hear from at all uh, so she may not even exist um in a show in his place so yeah well looks looks are very important on the radio aren't they looks are so important (laughs) so important uh well to be fair she does have a big massive billboard Is, is that what they call it? it. <laughs> <laughs> so she uh, does exist then. She, she exists, exist, but you don't actually like hear from her. Like you don't okay. like see her in real life in the movie, if you get me. They couldn't afford um, a pretty no, blonde. No, 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 they couldn't. Uh, as a result, by the way, he has to give up his ridiculous mansion uh, because, of course, all DJs have mansions. <laughs> yeah, big, big money, to, big money DJs. Big money, mm. big money. And he's forced to move his four extremely spoiled brat children to a much smaller house that he actually grew up in. So himself and his partner, well, she's, I think she's his producer, Roxy, wait for it. They decide to buy a radio station of their own. Of course they do. I'd launch it all on Christmas Eve. However, when his old boss hears that they've bought another station, they threaten potential advertisers, leaving him in a bit of a pickle. Uh, Coupled with all that, he's visited by his um, dead wife. Oh. Yeah. What? Where uh, did that come from? Hang yeah. on a second. A real she appears, twist. by the way, she appears as a glowing golden ghost. Okay. Okay. Uh, to give him the reassurance he needs to pursue, wait for it, Roxy as his new love interest. We didn't see that coming oh, at all. We didn't see that coming right, at all. Okay. Uh, right. The only good thing I'm going to say about this, right, is 
for once we have a holiday focused film centering around a black family which is interesting oh. different uh, and the dj's choice of music is damn good he plays run dmc christmas and hollis you know what i'm saying so yeah, okay m- m- my boy rush he's got it going there with the, that's with how you the get a man oh that's his name i was wondering yeah. why it was called holiday rush yeah his name is rush yeah right, yeah, right. Rush. um and uh yeah that's kind of about as all i can say in terms of how good it is this is so predictable it's so i could even predict and quote what they were going to say in their heart-to-heart conversations so much so that i skipped forward through that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, now i love cheesy christmas films i mean give me the holiday or the night before christmas or any of that but this was just painful to watch really poor acting uh lack of real depth in any of it it's a bit all over the place in terms of story and yeah i just don't care whether he gets his radio show back or not you know what i mean oh and i'm supposed to be the grinch (laughs) yeah no it's awful awful. well you you say it was predictable but did you see the dead wife's ghost coming like did you go i bet left to be fair yeah i didn't see that i didn't see like he's talking like what happens is he's talking to nothing right so you're kind of thinking oh maybe he's talking to the wife but then she appears like angels from above I always I always said that was what was missing from Sleepers in Seattle was the ghost of Tom Hanks dead wife and we always said what was missing from ghost was a radio station you know (laughs) (laughs) and run DMC yeah Yeah. and run DMC of course uh, so yeah, uh, Holiday Rush. I kind of wish I watched Christmas Inheritance or some other one that was there on the list. But you know, I was thinking you're, maybe you're... because he's a DJ, it might be I might be able to relate uh... to him something. You know what I mean? I can only relate to people in films who are just like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what? So Ross, what did you go for? Yeah. So for mine, um, I had a look at my Christmas in from 2018 which is actually streaming on netflix and and uh, what attracted me to the movie originally was that it was that the lead character's name was ross <laughs> <laughs> and it was basically about a guy who lived in Drada and <laughs> <laughs> so relatable yeah unbelievably relatable but yeah what attracted me uh to the movie originally was that it starred uh tia mary um who you might remember who alongside her sister tamara Starred on the 90s TV show Sister, Sister Sister, Sister Yeah, love it Never knew I must have missed you Which is, um, I think, a big part of everyone's childhood Who grew up in the 90s um, and Go home, Ross So, ha- wait, ha- hang on a second So, d- there's one half of Sister, Sister in this One it, half what? of Sister, Sister in this That's, that's all but they're, yeah. mi- they're missing a massive trick there, I would imagine They are, but I'll get to that a little bit later on Okay, because okay. I think she's trying she to rope out in future endeavours Right, she appears as a ghost. Um, But yeah, for anyone growing up in the 90s, um, I remember um, Macaulay Culkin shocked us all a a, a while back when he announced on Twitter that he was 40 and that we all might feel old. Um, So if that does make you feel old, it might surprise you that Tia um, is 42 years old, if that makes any difference to you. Um, But yeah, yeah, there you go. But um, my Christmas Inn was a, a TV movie that was made back in 2018. It wasn't produced by Hallmark or anything, but it's still very much in the same kind of vein as of those sort of movies. Um, and the story is basically that Thea's character, Jen Taylor, which sounds a bit like genitalia. I, <laughs> I thought you said that. Yeah, yeah. I just remember thinking, that sounds like genitalia. Um, but she plays um, like a big advertising executive in San Francisco. Um, and she just kind of lives for work. Like the only day she's had off in the last seven years was for a dental appointment. 
so she's this really hard working person she, she's on the verge of getting this promotion but there's some competition in the office and she wants to really secure her place and get, get that promotion um, and it, it's during all this she finds out that her great aunt um, well she's inherited from her great aunt um, an inn which is located in a small Alaskan town um, now she has to go and, and kind of claim her inheritance uh, and um, her love interest then appears and, and he's played by Brian Anderson or he's Brian Anderson who's played by Rob Hayes uh, and for me Rob Hayes looks exactly like someone melted Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio and Finn Whitrock's faces together to make one face to make Rob Hayes' face um, if you don't know Finn Whitrock he, he was in some episodes of American Horror Story he was also in The Big Short but um, yeah if you mix him and later days Leonardo DiCaprio that's who, who you get and he has this unbelievable like um, <clears throat> unbelievable like radio voice uh, which is fantastic but it kind of takes are you, are you talking about Finn Whitrock or are you talking about the guy from the film? I'm talking about Rob Hayes <laughs> Rob oh Hayes okay okay because yeah. I was been... just going to say I can tell how enthralled you were by the plot because you were sitting there going who does he look like if he yeah. melded <laughs> two celebrities together uh, that's a real indication of what you know this movie is kind of like come on um, I'm dying to know did she fall in love at the inn come on no. <laughs> Well, you know, you don't think so at the start because if they're at loggerheads with each other. Oh, come on, the start, you know? together, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, she finds herself. She's a she's a busy big city girl, and then she finds herself very much at home in the small Alaskan community. Which, to be fair, they're ridiculously friendly and obliging, and all smiles and all that sort of stuff. And then she, of course, has to make a choice between her life there or returning to San Francisco to further her career. Now, Sinead, everyone knows what kind of movie this is. It's entirely predictable. The characters are paper thin. They're so one-dimensional. It's absolutely paint-by-numbers filmmaking. But I'm not going to take a massive dump on my Christmas in because anyone watching that movie knows exactly what they're going in for. Um, like it's it's so unbelievably wholesome everyone's smiling and, and cheesy and so boxy um, it nearly steers into self-parody but it's 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 not a good movie <laughs> but it is your typical Hallmark, Hallmark-esque Christmas uh, fair and you won't be surprised or disappointed I think um, plus it does feature um jackie uh jackie harry and tim reed who you might remember played tia's parents and sister sister oh, they yeah. appear in this movie yeah um so it's great to have a reunion there they're playing her parents in this they they appear uh, a <laughs> couple of times there at the acting yeah, skills. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. Um, but it's great to kind of have that little bit a uh, little bit of a, of um a reunion and uh it's not going to be for anyone who who liked this movie um it, it's not going to be uh mia mia's kind of um oh sorry tia's last soiree into the world of christmas movies um she after in 2019 she started in a very vintage uh christmas and uh, she's just closed like a three picture deal with any network so she's going to star in and produce three more holiday movies and i think she said recently she wants to uh bring her sister tamara in she said it'd be a lot of fun to have her in one yeah. of those oh so my god might, the sister sister holiday music movie cinematic universe You've heard Absolutely. it here first. <laughs> yeah, like for, for anyone looking for a bit of nostalgia, to see the kind of sister-sister uh, sister reunion down one sister, obviously, is is still pretty cool. <laughs> it's just, um, it's sister. Sister, sister yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, exactly. dot. Um, with the parents, I, with the I parents, say, come on. Uh, uh, important thing to say about this film, it features, 
it's so funny it's one of the most obvious product placements i've ever heard in film in my entire <laughs> life you have to have a listen to this no the pipe must have burst i needed those decorations oh well, maybe there's something we could salvage i have a better idea all right, so a while back, I did a campaign for a company called Balsam Hill. Mm -hmm. It's an online store that sells all kinds of Christmas decorations, from garlands to wreaths to lights to ornaments to trees. <laughs> Fake trees? No, 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 I've seen them, and they are gorgeous. You'll keep forgetting it's not real. They will have everything we need to make the open house really special. Is that not enough for you? Okay, well, it does get another mention. There's something I need to tell you. Anything. Jen, I've been wanting to find out where you got that garland you have at the inn. It would look great for the Valentine's Day festival. Balsam Hill. It's an online store. Guess I'll have to plug in my dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you were looking at, Niall. Well, uh, I looked at 2018's The Holiday Calendar, directed by Bradley Walsh. Not the presenter of The Chase, but a different Bradley Walsh. And this stars Cat Graham, who plays Abby Sutton, who's a struggling but talented photographer. She spends her days taking... She's working at Christmas, obviously, because of the nature of this film, um, taking soulless portraits of people who have been to visit Santa. Although they seem quite happy, but she isn't artistically fulfilled. But she wants to take art, arts, artistic shots that she can be proud of. And her best friend, Josh, played by Quincy Brown, returns from his travels abroad... And the two start to pal around together again. And um, at the same time, she receives a, a very lovely Christmas gift from her grandpa in the form of a fancy dollhouse advent calendar that seems to be predicting the future. So specifically, it seems to be every day she opens the door and it seems to be predicting her uh, something about her love life on that day. So uh, each day of the hectic holiday season, she will open a door and she will find a little clue about whether or not she's going to find a love with uh, a handsome widow doctor, played or Ty his name is, or whether or not she will finally notice all of those longing glances that Josh, her best friend, keeps throwing in her direction. So we talked a lot about uh, Netflix movies. Within the first three minutes of this movie, as soon as it's established that Josh is Abby's best friend and he's not a relative or a brother or a cousin or something, it is clear that this movie is going in the direction like a lot of them. Um, and even when we throw in Evan Peck playing Ty, who is a very handsome, very eligible, uh, uh, other kind of uh, romantic interest for her, uh, it doesn't really get any of our romantic, you know, drama going, if you like. So it's because, not really uh, like a, fulfilling the whole love triangle drama then, really? No, exactly. We no. just have a, a kind of a, another hot dude is in here just to kind of present a little bit of a of a speed bump along the way, if you well, like. I, I'm all about random hot dudes and films doing nothing. <laughs> Maybe right, but you won't, well, you won't like this one then because he is very dull. That's okay, the problem. Listen, we don't have to be talking to him. Do you know what I'm saying? Does he look nice? <laughs> Is he playing the part? Happy days. Well, I'm not really the judge for this. All right. <laughs> you called him a hot but, dude. Come on now. Well, he, you can see what when he, what pigeonhole he's in there. All right. <laughs> so this film is about an hour and a half. 
and it would have benefited really from losing about half an hour from it. Just a <laughs> tight hour would yeah. have been good. Um, we don't expect much from our Christmas movies. We want people to wear Christmas hats. We want snow falling. We want Santa somewhere in there. Um, but, uh, you know, the acting on display here is not great. It barely clears the bar. Um, the lead character, Abby, is uh, is quite good, actually. She does she does actually earn her paycheck, Cat Graham. But um, everybody else, and there are good actors. Ethan Peck, who's in this as Ty, the, the hot romance interest, Don't is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's... He's the new Spock in Star Trek Discovery, and he he's quite good in that. But maybe it's because he's playing a completely emotionless <laughs> guy who, who hot, just looks hot, hot. Half Vulcan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like normally in these movies, it's filled with emotion. You know, that's right. Top dramatics, yeah. kind of. You know, going yeah, on. But yeah. like in all of these films that we've sort of discussed, really, like it's all kind of. Are they not all kind of a little bit like? Z-list celebrity kind of actors and unknown people. Well, I don't know. I think there there is an industry that just goes on year all year out making these mm. movies. So mm. you could be in California in January or February or March or in the height of summer making a Christmas movie for whether it be Netflix or Hallmark or all of that. And something that really drove that home to me or some somehow I discovered that was because Bradley Walsh not the host of The Chase, um, who directed this, is also responsible for uh, several other Christmas movies that came out, not even just before this movie, but it, just the year before this movie. So he is obviously setting himself up as the Christmas director for films like this. <laughs> so if we look at his resume... The 4th of November 2017, a movie that he directed came out called Christmas Festival of Ice. So this is about a, a leading character called Emma who had been to law school but then discovers that her beloved ice, sculpti sorry, ice sculpting festival in her hometown has been cancelled. So she has to go back to make sure that it's going to spring back into action. So that wow, was Christ Christmas so Festival of Ice, yeah. <laughs> um, 2nd of uh, December that year, 2017, Christmas in Angel Falls, which Ooh. follows the adventures of a, of a guardian angel called Gabby, who is sent to the town called Angel Falls to retrieve the town's forgotten Christmas spirit. Not sure exactly how you do that. And she ends up unexpectedly falling in love in the process. So... That there's two terrible one like two more terrible Christmas movies, and finally 9th of December 2017, Christmas Encore. So this was a movie that Bradley Walsh directed about a struggling actress who earns the part in a production of The Christmas Carol and falls in love with the director. Wow. But then the cast and the crew need a Christmas miracle to save the show when the theater loses its lease. So and do go. they get a do they get a resolution? Please I have do. not seen any of these films. Okay, so <laughs> I think it's safe to assume they probably do. Yeah, yeah. Any particular scene you want to pick from Advent Calendar? Is there anything of worth of note? Um, no, 
<laughs> just don't see it really is the moral of, of ah, well i mean i think ross said it earlier on and you probably said it if you like these movies you will enjoy these movies so i don't want to be especially at this time of year saying no they're terrible but uh some of them are the one thing that's kind of been an after effect of this picking you know these movies on netflix is now they are popping up on my feed as suggestions <laughs> so thanks a million for that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know there are certainly plenty of them aren't there oh so so many so so many neither james stewart nor vanessa hodgins had succeeded in imbuing niall with a love of christmas films and so he awaited the visit of the third spirit the most terrible spirit of all, the spirit of Christmas films yet to come. Robot from Rocky Four, have you come from the future where Skynet has been victorious and machines have taken over? Are you the spirit of Christmas movies yet to come? Are you here to show me shadows of Christmas films that have not yet been made, but will happen in the time before us? Is that so, spirit? Spirit, I fear you more than any spectre I have seen. Will you not speak to me? What kind of horrific films await us, created not by man, but by machine? What kind of movie hellscape is to come if we do not mend our ways? Movies made by cold computer logic. Algorithms designed to create plot and character, but still emotionless, unfeeling and cold. Well, they couldn't be any worse than love, actually, am I right? Niall, <laughs> you must have a heart of stone if you didn't melt at that scene where Emma Thompson didn't get the necklace. Yes, I think this is probably going to be your favourite part, Niall, because this is films for people who hate Christmas. And I think, you know, you've kind of established yourself now as the absolute Scrooge of this. Uh, yeah, yeah, despite, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think as we were talking about the Netflix movies, I think we'll all agree. It can be, they can be like, and I think this applies to Christmas in general. It can be a little bit overpowering. It can be a little bit, you know, it's everywhere. It's in front of you all the time. And sometimes you just do at this time of year want to go, oh, take me away. I would, you know, I don't want to see any more tinsel or hear any more Christmas songs or see any more Christmas ads or anything like that. So I guess the films that we're going to talk about now are the anti-Christmas films, if you like. Well, <laughs> mine is and it isn't. Okay. The, the ante. But well, to like be that, fair. You just it, picked a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it is. It's on my list that I watch every year. But if you were a bit bah humbuggy, it's probably the best, I think, of the Christmas Carol, uh, let's say, adaptations. Scrooge, you picked Scrooged. I did pick Scrooge. Ah, <laughs> so we have a cynically selfish podcast host i mean tv executive <laughs> is haunted by three spirits bearing lessons on christmas eve uh with the help of the ghosts of the past present and future he realizes that he must he must he must niall reform himself <laughs> so it's centered on uh tv president frank cross played 
just so spectacular but spectacularly even by bill murray and uh, he's pushing his company to broadcast a really extravagant live production of a christmas carol on christmas eve no no less so he's making the staff work throughout the holiday overtime all that sort of stuff and he fires his executive for disagreeing with him and he sends a cheap IBC monogrammed tiles on his Christmas list to everybody. This is the kind of guy. Hey, 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 is, hey, don't spoil know. what I got you and Ross for Christmas, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he's, he's a nasty, nasty character. So the night before the show, Frank is visited by the ghost of his mentor, uh, Lee, Lou Hayward. Uh, he died from a heart attack and he was an unloved guy with lots of money but no love in his life and all that kind of stuff. So he warns him that three more ghosts will appear to him over the next day to help Frank avoid the same fate. So before uh, he vanishes, the ghost dials up Claire Phillips, Frank's long lost love from years ago. And Claire comes to the network to talk to him but of course he doesn't make time for her. So as rehearsals start, he's visited by the ghost of Christmas past played. <laughs> this is great he appears as a taxi driver and I'm going to play you a little bit because he's probably oh actually do you know what that maybe the ghost of Christmas present is my favorite so maybe for the clip the ghost of Christmas present because do you know what I'd love if she was here right now because I think she would probably do to you Niall what she does to Bill Murray in this Uh. clip (laughs) so here's the ghost of Christmas present uh, teaching Frank about the error of his ways Christmas present. I had a funny feeling. Uh, why <laughs> did you do that? Sometimes you have to slap them in the face just to get their attention. Fine. Slap me in the face. But you kicked me in the wall. It's time uh, to begin the uh, journey. Uh, I thought you were going to hit me with a hot toaster there. <laughs> or a toaster, yeah. Uh, so for me, this of course it's all down to to bill murray he's he's carrying the show and you know if you're fans of bill murray you're really going to love this one and this i think this this adaptation of um a christmas carol is absolutely just outstanding and to be fair he's fairly scroogey right up until really the last minute so if you're not really feeling christmas you could totally be you know laughing along with frank and his horrible ways you know that's like saying if you're not in a christmas mood you can put on it's a wonderful life and just stop it before the end yeah i'd stop it before clarence appears <laughs> just see jimmy Stewart about to throw himself into the river yeah. no. the end the end yeah. scene yeah no for, look it's it's one of those ones i don't hate christmas and even holiday rush if i had to watch that and that was my only christmas movie i don't think that it would you know sway my views on on christmas viewing <laughs> yeah i i think just i mean i fantastic pick great film um directed by a like a guy who's responsible for my favorite movie of all time superman the movie i don't know if i mentioned that yes um, you mentioned and it. also lethal <laughs> weapon as well which yeah, i think there you go you think yeah. you'd love yeah. it yeah. Um, you were, yeah, and I do actually. I I do think it's a great film. Um, my own. The only thing I would say is I think Frank. I can't remember his second name. Frank. Frank Cross. Yeah. Frank Cross. After the events of Scrooge, got a job for Netflix, and now is making Christmas movies and producing Christmas movies for Netflix. <laughs> he is because he obviously skewed so far in the opposite direction after Scrooge that he's gone and he makes these horrible, sickly sweet netflix romances instead so what did you pick ross 
Yeah, I went for a bit of a different route on this one. Um, <laughs> so for my my anti Christmas movie, uh, you know, I'm first of all I'm not really religious at all, but I suppose at the heart of it, Christmas is really meant to be a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, and I suppose his. You sound unsure. No, no. <laughs> It sounded like he was going, what's he called? Is I've that his ma- name? I've been in a while. Is that right? Some guy called am Jesus. I, <laughs> am I saying that right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so obviously Christmas is meant to be a celebration of the birth of Jesus. And his nativity scene has been featured in many movies. But what could be more anti-Christmas than a movie looking at Jesus' death? Um, so yeah, I'm focusing on Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, <laughs> God, I, thought, I, I thought you were going to say Passion, the Passion of the Christ. Christ. Yeah, yeah, me too. Ah, no, geez, that's very dark for a Christmas week, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> at, least, at least there's songs in the one you picked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm focused on Jesus Christ Superstar. Most people would probably know it as a Broadway show mainly. Um, and to be fair, it has been pretty much a staple on Broadway in the West End and, and loads of other tours since it made its uh, Broadway debut, uh, debut in, in 1971. But for anyone who doesn't know, Jesus Christ superstar is a rock opera which looks at the last week of jesus's life and in particular the ideological struggles between himself and judas iscariot um and the story um the story became a movie or the play became a movie two years later after its broadway debut in 1973 uh, and and the cast which is great they they are mainly consisted of actors from the broadway show you have ted neely who's playing the role of jesus carl anderson is playing judas and um in 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 the original musical there's no spoken dialogue uh, in the entire mo- or in the entire play instead everything is sung through with the help of tim rice's lyrics and the the wonderful music of andrew lloyd webber uh, and this is also the case in a movie so there's no dialogue that isn't part of a song uh, and it's a really interesting watch. Uh, it was filmed in is- Israel, so close enough to uh, location, I-, I guess, <laughs> from where these events actually happened. <laughs> um, but whether or not it's set uh, in the present day or in the past, or is it a play within a movie? It's kind of left a little bit ambiguous. It's kind of a bit of 70s experimentalism, I would have said. Um, it has, like a great fleshing out of the character of Judas and fair play to, to Carol Anderson as well. Uh, it really gives an interesting kind of, um, uh, you know, look in, inside into his kind of motivations. Uh, it's definitely not the clear cut, you know, Judas is an awful betrayal, uh, you know, an awful betrayer and he stabbed his friend in the back we've seen on the screen before, really fleshes out his character, kind of shows why he might have made some of the decisions he did. But for me, obviously, what makes it stand out is the incredible, incredible music. Uh, so, as I said, a tip of the hat to Andrew Lloyd Webber on that, uh, as, as well as um, a Tim Rice as well for some really cl- clever lyrics. Um, this it's, it helped with some great singing as well, and you know, obviously, they had those people who were doing the original stage production. You have uh, Ted Neely as Jesus, who just well, first of all, he looks like a seventies rock singer. But my God, he he has an unbelievable voice. He sounds like a 70s rock singer. He's incredible range, lovely depth to his voice, great pitch. He's just a fantastic singer. And uh, on the other side of that, we have Carl Anderson, um, who was actually a Motown singer himself and had some kind of modest success uh, and a singer in his own right. But he is just one of the best voices I've ever heard uh, in my entire life. Just an absolute joy to listen to. Um, just listen to um, uh, Carol Anderson here singing Heaven, Heaven on Their Minds, which really is a, is a great earworm.
Listen, Jesus, do you care for your race? Don't you see we must keep in our place? We are occupied. Have you forgotten how put down we are? I am frightened by the crowd, for we are getting much too loud. And they'll crush us if we go too far. If we go So yeah, it, a bit of an unusual choice. It's a movie that I actually only came to recently. I'd, I'd never seen it before. Uh, I'd heard a few of the songs before, but a few very catchy numbers that'd be stuck in your head for weeks. But if you're looking for something anti-Christmassy, I'd suggest Jesus Christ Superstar from 1973. Never seen it, and I couldn't name a song from it. Um, so Jesus it's, it's, Christ! Oh, sorry, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, I tell a lie. lie. I tell a lie. Yeah, yeah. that one doesn't really feature. In, it's at the very end, maybe. Many, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of referenced in the overture at the start. That, that's actually from Cats. That one, Sinead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's definitely definitely worth a watch. And to be honest with you, it's a bit trippy in places. You can tell they were just after coming out of the sixties, if you know what I mean. Uh, and the cast look like a big bunch of dirty hippies. But uh, <laughs> but it's it's uh, there's some great music in there. Uh, if you don't have time to watch the movie, even if you could just listen to a couple of tr- a couple of tunes on Spotify, it's well worth listening. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out now after your recommendation there. Yeah, I think they could have learned the lesson from that, as you say. But t- you know, they took the Broadway cast and uh, did something interesting with it with the movie uh, when they did make the film version of cats which it sounded like they just went a completely different way with that yeah absolutely so what did you go for then Nile? okay well i picked a movie from 2016 i think it came out here in 2017 and it got quite a big release in the uk and ireland i guess um it was released in over 200 screens on this side of the Atlantic, but over in America, I think it was only 25 screens, but it's gaining more and more of a cult kind of following, um, since it's come out and it is better watch out, which is, uh, from a director called Chris Peckover. And it was filmed in Australia in Sydney. Um, but it is set in suburban America, kind of wealthy suburban America. And um, it's set at Christmas time and it follows a 17 year old Ashley who's played by an actress called Olivia de Jong. And she's uh, babysitting a precocious 12 year old called Luke Lerner who's played by Levi Miller. And Luke feels that he's a little bit too old to need a babysitter. And he also has a crush on Ashley. And after a, an unsuccessful attempt to to kind of profess his love to her while they're watching a horror film Uh, strange things start happening outside and it starts to put Ashley a little bit on edge and soon what happens is we find that the pair of them along with Luke's best friend called Gareth have to defend the house from uh, uh, unknown invaders so it's kind of like Home Alone well basically (laughs) it is and it, it, it you can tell that they were going for a home alone. There's some real like I'm. You haven't seen it then, Ross? No, 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 I haven't, no, seen, I haven't seen it. No. Okay, and they they do play homage to Home Alone in this movie really? in in a scene that I'm not going to talk about. And uh, <laughs> this film is I don't really want to talk too much about it because I didn't know anything about it when I saw it and I was just blown away. And that's the way to see it. I think the less you know, what I've given you is enough to go in with. Okay. Um, so as you say, it's it's a Home Alone gone bad style thriller, you know. Um, so not one for the kids then. 
not one for the kids, no. Um, and it is really, it's a horror movie, I would say, or a psychological thriller, basically. And it's not the first scary movie to juxtapose the festive season with uh, thrills involving menacing phone calls and sharp instruments. And there's some, mm. there's some really effective violence in this film. Um, I mean, would have uh, have you seen? There's Christmas Evil. Have you seen that one? No, no. I haven't. There was a whole. No. Have you seen? Though, of, of uh, oh, here I've got a whole list here. This is my bit now. I'll tell you when to speak, Ross. <laughs> uh, you know, have you seen Christmas Evil? Have you seen Silent Night, Deadly Night, Black Christmas, Happy Holidays, Slaughter oh, Claus, <laughs> Slaughter Claus. Hey, I, I didn't. Uh, basically, you can take anything and you know put yell instead of Yuletide or sleigh instead of S L E I G H and uh, you know no a... instead of Noel. You could do anything. There's one called Santa Claus as well. C L A W S. It's a little on the nose for me, but anyway. Yeah, isn't isn't great in Christmas horror movies. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. No, Christmas and horror just no. It doesn't mix. Horror, you already got Halloween. Stop moving in on Christmas. Do you know what, what about I'm saying? A Nightmare Before Christmas, something like that, Sinead, you know? There you and go. I hang yeah, on a minute yeah. now. That's very, very different. That's not anything horrific about that well, at no, all. I suppose it's more like a, a gothic teenager's yes. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, irrespective of what Sinead might think, I would heartily recommend Better Watch Out. It is a fantastic film. It is a clever film that starts off clever and just gets cleverer and cleverer and makes a great use out of its, its festive setting. So there you go. Both of you, get off and see that this holiday season. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good times. As dawn broke on Christmas morning, Niall lifted his head from his desk and awoke with a start. The events of the previous night were running through his mind. What? Where am I? What day is this? Oh, it's morning. But what morning? How long have I been with the spirits? Oh, I don't know. But I, I'm alive. I'm, I'm alive. Whoa, I'm alive. I feel as light as a feather. I feel as happy as an angel. I feel as merry as a schoolboy. Oh, oh, hello. What's this? My two fellow podcast hosts. Oh, what day is this? Why, it's it's Christmas Day, Mr. Nile. Christmas Day? Are you quite sure, my good fellow? What say you, young Sinead? Why, yes, it is surely Christmas Day. Ross and I wish to give you season's greetings on this most special of days. Oh, my fellow podcasters, you will not believe it. Last night I was visited by three spirits who showed me the true meaning of Christmas movies. Is it true? Have, have you learned to love the season and cherish Christmas movies as we do? Are you now brimming with joy for festive films? And would you believe it, faithful listeners, if I told you that Niall had let the spirit of Christmas movies into his heart? No, he didn't. As he walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro and patted the children on the head as he passed and questioned beggars and looked down in the kitchens of houses and up in the windows... He found that everything could yield him pleasure. No, it didn't. He had never dreamed that any walk, that anything at all, could give him so much happiness. And he vowed to keep every day 
as if it were Christmas Day. No, he didn't. And he was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not exist, he was a second father. He's a pudding. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a podcaster as the internet ever knew. This is ridiculous. And ever afterward it was said of Niall that he knew how to keep Christmas and keep it well if any podcaster did. May that be truly said of us and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, he's a pudding. He's a pudding wearing a Santa hat. He didn't say anything at all. Sinead probably ate him after Christmas dinner. So, from all at the real take, we wish you and yours the merriest of Christmases and a most joyous New Year. When hopefully there will be some new films released. 2020 sucked. Happy Christmas! Happy Christmas! Oh, go on then. Happy Christmas. Yay! <laughs> Till next time, film fans. Bye! See you at the movies. <laughs> Sit down and grab a glass Sinead Ross and Niall have made a podcast It's the real take, breaking it down Having fun and talking movies Fa-da-da-da-da-da Talking movies You have been listening to The Real Take, presented by Sinead Brassel, Ross Leahy, and Niall O'Brien. Our music was provided by actor, artist, and musician Will Guppy. You can find him on Instagram at will.guppy. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Real Take Podcast. If you would like to contact us to tell us how fantastic we are, you can reach us at therealtakepodcast at gmail.com. See you at the movies.